Welcome to We Found Another Hour, a podcast and ministry of Grace Baptist Church, Springfield, Tennessee. Listen now as we join our host, Dr. Steve Freeman, and his guests as they give biblical insight into your toughest theological questions as we explore the Bible together. Thank you, for... Hey, listen, y'all getting comfortable out there in your dress code, look like your pastor is the first time ever in my life that I've ever, Danny, I've ever preached in frog talks. Can I get a witness? Hey, this is much more comfortable than the suit I normally wear, but I tell you what, once we get back inside, I'm making up for lost time on them ties, and I'm going to expect you to, right? I uh, expect you to also, right, Brother Bob? Come on, you ought to honk on that, yes. Exodus chapter 17 this morning, verses 8 through 13, as we continue on in our sermon series entitled, The Need of Our Nation. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no doubt about it, we are in unparalleled and unprecedented times. This is a time in the life of our nation and the whole world where we've just been paralyzed and gripped, literally God has brought everything to a stop. Notice I said God has brought everything to a stop and He has brought everything. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, this is a time where the Lord Jesus Christ has brought us to our knees. But I think He's got us in the position that He wants us. I believe that He has brought us to our knees so that there He can show us our greatest need. We've sung about our greatest need this morning. Our greatest need is Jesus Christ and Him being at the helm of our lives. But I believe God has brought everything down to a stall. Everything down. He's brought us to our knees so that He could bring us back to the heart of Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 when He said, Seek me first and my kingdom's rule in your life and I will add all these things unto you. Ladies and gentlemen, far too long. The people, God's people have been chasing everything that the world has to offer. When God says, I'll give you what you need if you'll just put me at the, as the priority, at the helm of the ship, as captain of the ship, not as the co-pilot, but the pilot of our lives. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is getting us back to the understanding of what our greatest need is. And then subsequently, once we figure out and realize what our greatest need is, the subsequent needs for our life after that. Exodus chapter 17, verses 8 through 13 this morning. As we give thought, now listen to me, over the last few weeks, we've been, we've been exploring, really over the last five weeks, but I'll be honest with you, really over the last 12 years, we've been exploring about these ideas of difficulties coming into our life. We defined difficulties a few weeks ago, and then last week we saw how to dominate those difficulties. And today, I want to share a message on that, along the same thought, from a different passage, but along that same thought. And the passage today, or, or the title of my sermon today, is Overcoming Obstacles. 
Exodus chapter 17, verse 8 through 13, while you're turning there, you know, in our lives, and I've shared this with you on many different occasions, I've told you that all throughout our life, we're going to deal with testing. All right? I told you that our life is filled with tests, and, and we experience tests all along the journey of our life. I mean, from the time we're a little one, from the time that we're a child, and we enter into school there, guess what? We're going to experience some testing. I was just thinking about our students last week. We were probably just a little upset. It was just a little fresh in the fact that we're not going to finish out the school year. But I bet you students had time. I bet mamas and daddies had time to think about the fact that if there's anything good that came out of the fact that there's no more school, it's the fact that there's no more tests. Come on. You didn't. Hey, listen. I'll get excited about that for you because you didn't even have to take any final exams. You just got to pass right on by. Praise the Lord. Some of y'all not honking. That's okay. Hey, here's what I want you to understand about them tests, though. You might have bypassed it this semester, but they're going to make up for lost time when you get back. And that's a good statement. But I mean test. We have tests in school. We have tests all throughout our life. Some of y'all are thinking, well, I graduated. I'm, I'm past the test. I don't have to do it. No, that's where you're wrong. Because even as adults, all throughout life, we're going to experience tests. You're going to get tested over at the workplace. They're going to do evaluations on you. They're going to do all of the, these things. And then, hey, listen, there's one test you can't ever get away from. And that's the fact that the doctor is always going to do some testing on you. I mean, we're everywhere in every aspect of life. There's going to be a test. But there's no doubt that that holds true for our physical lives. But listen to me. This is what I want you to understand. There's no doubt that not only is that true for our physical lives, I want you to understand that we'll experience the same thing in our spiritual lives. Our lives are filled with tests, both physically and spiritually. I talked about this and the fact that the Lord tests us in our life. Last Thursday night, I had the opportunity to to preach or, or to lead a Bible study in the Bible study in a barn. You know, that's what we're doing on Thursday night, a men's Bible study. And you want to be a part of something powerful, get a part of a men's Bible study. And there I shared the story of one of the greatest tests uh, of test from the Lord in all of the Bible. And we carried it back to Genesis chapter 22 when God put Abraham to the test. And there he tested not only, look, not only his faith, but His resolve, His endurance. You see, the Lord puts us through tests. And there in those testing, He tests our faith and our resolve or our endurance. That's what I believe that God is doing in the midst of this pandemic. Look at me. Look at me. I can't tell if you're looking at me or not, but I want to trust that you're looking at me because I want you to hear this. We're in the midst of this pandemic, God is doing a thing. God is doing a thing in, in all of the world, in all of our lives. And I believe, I believe at this time that God is testing our faith. He's testing your faith. He's testing to see who we're going to place our trust in. And there's only one of two choices. You're either going to trust the Lord Jesus Christ to get through this pandemic and then on the other side of this pandemic, or you're going to trust in yourself. The choice is yours. My job today is to point you to Jesus. 
Because I want you to understand today that the greatest part of, of victory, the greatest experience in victory, whether we even get to the sermon or not, I'll just get to the conclusion, and that's Jesus Christ. The only way we'll ever be successful, the only way that we can dominate difficulty, the only way that we can overcome obstacles is with the power of God and our trust in Him. God is testing our faith. But not only is He testing our faith, look at me, He's testing our resolve. He's testing our endurance. Maybe you're here today in the parking lot of our church or maybe you're watching by way of internet, but I want you to understand today, maybe you've, you've decided to turn to the Lord. I pray that you have. There are many watching today that will make that decision today. Perhaps you in the parking lot. That you'll give your life to the one who gave his for you. But there are many of you that have decided that you're going to turn to the Lord even in this pandemic. There are some who will be saved. Some be saved today. Some already has been saved through the pandemic. And then here's the other call. There are many of you who have already been saved. And you're going to decide to get serious. And I pray that you're serious. But here's the deal. God is testing our faith and he's testing our resolve. When we get on the other side of this, and it looks like the sky may be clearing, not, not physically, but, but metaphoric. The sky may be clearing. And maybe things are going to loosen up and lighten up just a little bit. But the question is, what about your endurance? Have you decided to get serious because you're in the midst of a trouble? Uh, in the midst of a difficult circumstance because you're in trouble and you're trusting God to get you through. But what God wants to know is what are you going to do on the other side? How's your resolve in your faith? How's your resolve in your trusting? Is God the spare tired of your life? Or is he the driver in the driver's seat of your life? This is the question that we've got to ask. And this is exactly what God is doing in the midst of all of this. But as we've seen, all throughout our life, we're going to deal with some obstacles in our life. And lots of times, and, and, and honestly most of the time, these obstacles are obstacles that God has allowed. They're all obstacles that God has allowed. Sometimes they're obstacles that God brings into our life. But there's a reason for everything He does. There He's testing us. Our faith and our resolve to see how we're going to travel through the obstacles and who we're going to trust to help overcome the obstacles. Exodus chapter 17, beginning in verse 8, going down to verse 13. As we look at this passage today, I'm going to give you three steps. Three steps that we take to overcome obstacles in our life that hinder us both physically and spiritually. Obstacles that hinder both our physical lives and our spiritual lives. Beginning in verse 8 of Exodus chapter 17, the Bible says this. Then Amalek came and fought against Israel. I'll remind you, and I'll set up this more so in just a moment. But this is at the time of the Exodus. Moses has just led the Israelites out. 
And they've encountered many difficulties already. But here is another obstacle to overcome. Amalek. Then Amalek came and fought against Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, Choose men for us to go out and fight against Amalek. And tomorrow I will station myself on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. And Joshua did just as Moses told him and fought against Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. So it came about when Moses held his hand up that Israel prevailed. And when his hand went down, Amalek would prevail. But Moses' hands were heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur then supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other. Thus his hands were steady until the sun set. And Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Father, we're in the midst of an obstacle, difficulties. All of this this morning. So Lord, I pray that you help give us a glimpse of what to do now and what to do in our immediate future. How we get over this obstacle. Get on the other side where we can experience that victory. That victory that you tell us about in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Thanks be to God who always leads us to triumph, to victory in Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray today, there are many today, Lord, and have been saved. And they're not going to overcome the obstacle. They may get through it. But they're not dominating any difficulty. Father, there are many have been saved. But Father, you're calling us to a whole new level of commitment. You're calling us to get serious about it. We've far too long, God, we played games with the gospel. And we've just dilly-dallied in our in the spiritual realm of our lives. And it's time that we get on one side or the other. It's time that we get serious, Father. That's what you're calling us to. Change our lives today. There'll be some today. There's, there's one listening. Perhaps many that's never been baptized. They've never identified themselves on your team. God, let them call at the end of the program, at the end of the broadcast today, or at the if they're here in the parking lot. You've given us means to be able to follow up and, and, and make decisions and follow up on these decisions. Let the one who needs to be baptized, that's the starting point. There's some that need a church home. Let them join the church today so they have a place to serve. You can't serve a church that you don't belong to. There's some out here been using the gifts and talents that you've given them only for themselves. There's nothing wrong. You've given us the opportunity for these gifts and talents to be used. But first and foremost, the priority is the use for your kingdom. Let's reverse the course today. God, I ask in the next few moments that your spirit move and bring us to the point of decision.
Let us answer the question of what we're going to do with Jesus today. In your name we pray. Amen. And amen. Yes. Three steps that we take in order to overcome the obstacles that hinder us in our physical and spiritual life. The first step that I want to share with you, the first step that we take to overcome obstacles that hinder us in our spiritual and physical lives is the fact that we have to proceed first. We proceed with planning. If you're going to overcome the obstacles, then you have to proceed. We've got to move forward, but we've got to do it with a plan. Look at verse 8. The Bible says, Then Amalek came and fought against Israel, repentant. So Moses said to Joshua, You do this, meanwhile, I'm going to do this. He said to Joshua, Choose men for us to go out and fight against Amalek, and tomorrow I'm going to go to the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand this. That really what we see and what we've traveled through in the last five weeks and over the past 12 years is the fact that I've told you that as God's people, we're going to experience some difficult circumstances. We're going to experience some obstacles in our journey as we decide to move forward. Here, that's exactly what we see. Here we find the Israelites. And if you read this in context and really understand, I mean, it's wave after wave of moving past the circumstance right back into another. If you read this in context, what we'll find is that just about 10 days ago, in context of Scripture, just about 10 to 14 days ago, there the Israelites came out of the other side of the Red Sea, but they didn't have any water to drink. Remember that? The bitter waters of Morah? That was just a few days ago. And now they're traveling down because God has taken them. God is moving them to the center of His will for, for their life. He, they are on a journey with Jesus, moving back to be the centerpiece of civilization. They are moving to the center of God's will. They're going to carry out the purpose that God has for their lives, but they're in the midst of that. They are, ex they, they are experiencing difficulties. Here we find just right after they get out of the bitter waters of Mara and they finally get something to drink, here they go trotting along on their journey with Jesus and bam! Here comes the enemy. Blind sad. Oh, can I tell you this morning? That's exactly what he does. Can I tell you this morning that our greatest obstacle in our journey with Jesus is our adversary, the devil, who's like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. I want you to understand today that's exactly what he's doing. Many of you have decided to move forward in your journey. Many of you will decide that today. Many of you have decided to get serious about your salvation. Many of you have decided that in the midst of this pandemic, I'm going to do something different. I am going to reprioritize my life. I am going to move in the center of God's will and, and, let, and, and experience what God has for me there. But as a result, I want you to know that as you move forward in your journey, be aware. Friend, I'm telling you today, it's not a matter of if the enemy's coming. I'm telling you when he's coming. You've got to be prepared. He's going to come. I'm not telling you that to discourage him. I'm not telling you that to, to, to bring despair, uh, disparity in your life as a result of moving forward. I'm telling you that so that you can prepare. 
The enemy will come. And he's going just like he, we see here in this passage. He's going to come do everything he can to disrupt your journey with Jesus. Moses and the Israelites moving back to the promised land. Moving back to carry and fulfill the purpose that God had for their life. And bam! Here comes the enemy. This is why, ladies and gentlemen, that when you proceed forward, we know that obstacles are going to come, but that's why we have to have a plan. You have to have a plan. Moses and Joshua had already worked out a plan. The inference in Scripture is they had already had a plan of what to do when attacked. When going back, they had a plan of protection. They had a plan of distribution. They had a plan of moving forward. Moses said this, Joshua, when the enemy comes, as they're attacking, I want you to go get the men and you be ready. You carry out the role of, of, of being the, the, the soldier's leaders. Guys, I want you to follow Joshua's lead. Meanwhile, while you do this, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to the top of the hill. And there we'll carry out the work of God through His power. And we'll make it on the other side. Friend, I want you to understand this. You've got to have a plan. If you're going to get on the other side of this pandemic, then you have to have a plan in our lives. We have to have a plan. We have to have a plan physically. We have to have a plan emotionally. We have to have a plan financially. We have to have a plan spiritually. If you don't get anything else, I want you to get this. A failure to plan is a plan to fail. Now come on, you've heard that before, but I want to put it in a biblical context. A failure to plan is a plan to fail. I want to know, what is your plan? As we walk through this time, and God has brought you, you've had nothing but time on your hands. Look at me. That's all we've had on our hands. God has brought us to a period where we can where we've had the time that we've so desperately desired and even prayed for. We've had time. We've had time to evaluate. We've had time to reevaluate. We've had time to prioritize. We've had time to reprioritize. And ladies and gentlemen, we've had plenty of time to plan. What is your plan? What is your post-pandemic plan? You're going to do the same thing that we did before? What's your financial plan? Are we going back to the way things were before? Are we going back to living paycheck to paycheck? Are we going back to living hand to mouth? Are we going back to robbing Peter to pay Paul in order to make it through the month? Are we going back? Is that how we're going to do it in round two of our life? Because I believe that's what God is doing. Giving us another chance in round two. Is that how we're going to do it? Is that how we're going to spend the money? Is that how? I like, listen, you've got to have a plan financially. Because if you don't have a plan, I promise you, you're going to fail. What's your plan in terms of your family? You're going to go back to the way things were? Hey, hey, hey! 
You're going to go back to the way things were? God has given you more time with your family than you've had since you've had a family. He's, he's giving you more time at home. Look at me, mamas and daddies with young children. You've had more time at home to spend with these kids. What are you going to do post-pandemic? Are we going to get back in the red race of the world? Or are we going to reprioritize our focus? God, family, everything else has a number after that. What are we going to do? What are we going to do spiritually? Are we going back to status quo? What's your spiritual life going to look like? Because this is exactly what God is doing. He's testing your resolve right now. He's testing your endurance right now. Are we going back to compartmentalized life? Is that what we're going to do? You're going to have a Sunday life and then a Monday through Saturday life? Is that what it's going to be? Are we going back to serving God when we don't have anything better to do? He's taking everything out of our lives so there'll be no clouded mindset, no clouded judgment when we plan and, and move forward. But it won't be long. And I know you're ready. But soon we'll have so many things to do and so many things bombarding us as things get somewhat normal again. But the question is, what is your spiritual life going to look like? Is it going to be the same? What are you going to do when the world opens back up and it's 85, 90 degrees and sunny and there's so much to do on Sunday? You going to be at church? Or would you rather spend your time at the golf course when it rolls back on? Are you going to? Are we going to spend our time at, at the at the? There's nothing wrong with these things, but ladies and gentlemen, God is bringing us to a time of reprioritizing and refocusing, and that includes your spiritual life. But you have to have a plan, because if not, you're gonna get swept right back up in all of the world and what the world is offering. This is what's happened to the church. And God is saying, listen, I want you to be holy because I'm holy. I want you to be set apart from the world because I'm set apart. But my question is this, what is your plan? Because without a plan, we'll fail again. We'll fail again. You have to make a decision today. As the Holy Spirit of God, what is your plan? If you get nothing else out of this sermon today, I want today, this week, while you still have the time, I want you to formulate a plan. I want you to put it on paper. I want you to commit it before the Lord. And I want you to move forward so that we can not just overcome the obstacle. Not so we can just define the difficulty, but we can dominate the circumstance on the other side. We can be victorious for all the kingdom and effective for the kingdom. Second, second step that we take. Second step that we take to overcome obstacles that invade and impede our spiritual and physical life 
is the fact that we have to comprehend the complexity. We have to comprehend the complexity. Look at verse 10. Joshua did as Moses told him. And he fought against Amalek and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. Look at verse 11. So it came about when Moses held his hand up that Israel prevailed. And when he let his hand down, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands got heavy. Friend, I want you to understand that if we're going to overcome obstacles, we've got to have a plan. But even with a plan, understand it's not going to be easy. Every obstacle is going to come with a degree of difficulty. Are you listening to me today? Flash your lights. Let me see you listen. It's going to have, and you're going to have to measure that degree of difficulty. And everything that you formulate in the plan and everything that comes together has to match the degree of difficulty. And all of that has to be housed under the wisdom and the power of God. Here we find a difficult situation in the life of the Israelites. But can I tell you that in the life of the Robertson Countyans, in the life of the Tennesseans and the Americans, and really the whole, the Egyptians, the Italians, the whole world, we're experiencing a difficult circumstance. We've got to measure the degree. This is a high degree of difficulty. We've got to know exactly what we're facing in order to get on the other side. When they evaluated what was going on, and what it was going to take to get on the other side. The inference here is that God had already given them a plan before this happened. We know that this was God's plan because it prevailed in the end. And God's plan will always win. God's plan will always lead us to victory. But here's the deal. you got to think about the difficulty of even carrying out this plan. I want you to understand today, make no mistake about it. That the plan that you make, and I hope that you're making a plan, the plan you make today is not going to be easy to carry out. There's no obstacle that's easy to overcome. And here was the plan. The obstacle was there, but even the plan itself was difficult. The plan that you have, the plan that God formulates in your heart, that you carry out beyond the pandemic is not going to be easy to carry out. I've already told you obstacles are coming and the enemy is the primary obstacle. He's going to do everything he can to drag you right back where we were. Do you understand that today? He's going to do everything he can to drag you right back. He's going to do everything he can to not let you get to the promised land but to take you back to Egypt. So the obstacle itself is going to be hard to overcome, but even the plan itself is going to be hard. It's going to have a degree of difficulty to carry out. You know what the plan was that God told Moses and Joshua? He said this, what I want you to do, and Moses instructed, he said, Joshua, you go down there and fight the battle. I'm going to the top of the hill. But there when he got to the top of the hill, you know what God had planned for him to do? He said, Moses, raise your hand. Moses would raise his hand and when his hands was up, stretch high to the heaven. 
That's when the power of God would move not only to Moses, but through Moses into the life of the soldiers. And there they would prevail in the battle. But then when Moses' hands would, would fall, when his hands would falter, then the enemy would prevail. As long as he kept his focus, as long as he kept his hands stretched toward heaven, then the people of God would prevail. But when his hands failed, when they, when they began to lower, the enemy would prevail. Can you imagine how difficult that was? We know that for hours this is what took place in the life of Moses and all the Israelites and the army and the battle against the Amalekites. Holding your hand, as long as Moses' hand held up high, they'd win. Hey, do this for me. All across the parking lot today, even at home, do this. Take your right hand, raise it up in there. I want to see you all the way across. Take your right hand. Raise it up in the air. Your right hand. Hold that thing up in the air. And this is what Moses would do. All throughout this fight and this battle. Keep it up. Keep it up. And how difficult it was to walk through not only the, circum not only the circumstances, but the plan. But look at me. Look at me. Keep your hand up. Right hand up. Brings me to a third and final step, and I'm going to share this with you. Third and final step is we to keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Right hand up now. Come on, we're, going, we're getting in the boat with Moses. I want to show you how sometimes difficult is the plan. Keep your hand up. But a third and final step that we take to overcome obstacles that hinder our spiritual and physical lives is the fact, leave your hand up. But we have to tackle that. We, have, we do tackle with togetherness. The Bible says this, keep your hand up. Then they took a stone and they put it under it. And he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other. And thus his hands were steady until the sun set. Keep your hand up. So Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. So Joshua won the battle. The Israelites overcame the obstacle because they did it together. Friend, listen to me. Keep your hand up. I'm almost done. Keep your hand up. It's the wrong way. Follow me. Here's what I want you to understand today. As we close out this, man, keep your hand up. Don't rest it on anything. Keep your right hand up. We're getting old school right here. Can you follow me right there? Keep your hand up. Let me see your hand. Right hand. Know how difficult it was for Moses? Sundown to sun up. Sun up to sundown. As long as the battle was being fought, Moses, the plan of God was Moses would endure the pain. The pain that you're feeling right now with that right hand up. The heaviness. And any time that hand, any time he starts to lower that hand, the enemy would prevail. And they would not overcome the obstacles. So Moses, it was dependent upon Moses to keep his hand held high. But let me tell you what God does. Let me tell you what God is doing. Are you listening to me, church? Let me tell you what God is doing in our midst. As our head's hand is held. As you make the plan to overcome the obstacle. As you make the plan, keep your hand up. 
as you got your hand in the air and God it, it stretched to the heavens and God is pouring out His power on the plan. He's moving us on the other side of a pandemic. He's moving us to the other side to experience victory. He puts somebody right alongside of you and you know what? That person is going to help you hold your hand up. Take your left hand now. And take and take and hold the partner you got in the car. Take your left hand or your right hand. And y'all hold it up high. If you got somebody in the car, help them hold their hand up. Charlie, help Melanie hold your hand up. I might got my hand wrong, but you understand what we're doing. Take your right hand and your partner's left hand. Hold the hand up. Don't you feel it getting easier? Don't you feel it getting easier to hold that burden? Don't you feel it easier? We can do many, and we can do all things together in unity. This is what God is doing here in this story, and this is what God is doing in your story. Hands together. God will bring you somebody as we walk through these tough times. He's brought you somebody in the midst of the pandemic. He's bringing you somebody post-pandemic. And we'll walk through this thing together. We'll be united in what we do. And when we're united, and when we're holding each other's hand, when we're holding by the strength, and we're looking to the power of God together, I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, that is how we overcome the obstacles in our life. That's how we'll get through the obstacles that we're facing now, that's how we'll get through the obstacles that we'll face in the future. This, friend, is how we experience victory. Put your hands down. Get back up here where you can see. thing in the midst of our world. He's doing a thing in the midst of our lives. But the primary thing He's doing is resetting our focus. We're in an obstacle. We're in a difficulty. And He wants us to overcome. The Bible says that those of us who are in Christ Jesus more than conquerors you to bow with across the parking lot and across the world who's watching and as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed I wonder what this looks like for you today when we're thinking about plans we're thinking about post pandemic plans what does that mean for you Some of you have been struggling with that. I talked about family plans. I believe there's a I believe there's a mama who's struggling with the maybe the pressure. Or maybe just the choice of whether or not they're going back to work post-pandemic. I want you to know. You commit your plan to the Lord and He'll guide your steps. He'll tell you what to do. There's some that are, the employment situation looks altogether different because through this they, they've lost their job. 
You're asking yourself, what, what am I going to do? God is going to help us. He's going to help you. He wants to help you today. Some of you today struggling financially. Some of you struggling emotionally. Some of you struggling spiritually. But today is a day of decision. You know what God brought you here to do today? To understand. Not just to learn how to overcome obstacles. But really how to lean on the one who brings us to victory. What are you going to do today with Jesus? All of this leads us back really to the premise. The point that we shared at the very beginning about the priority of our lives. Seek me first. My kingdom's rule in your life. Where is God now in your life? Where has He been? And where is He going to be in the future? Some of you have never accepted Jesus. And I want you to listen very close today. This is the reason why God brought you here, so that you could hear the truth and the truth set you free. God brought you here today so that you could be saved. Give your life to the One who gave His for you. The Bible said that Jesus died for our sin. According to the Scripture, He was buried and on the third day. God raised Him from the dead according to the Scripture. Paul said that's the gospel and it's the power of God for salvation. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. Today, that's the choice that you get to make. I pray that you'd say yes. Others, today you've been saved. But God is repositioning, reprioritizing. And He's asking you, to make a plan. What do you want this thing to look like? What do you want your life to look like? What do you want your family to look like? What do you want it to look like post-pandemic? That choice is made now. Some of you never been baptized. Some of you never joined the church. Some of you never really engaged yourself in service to Him. Today's the day of that decision. What do you do now? In this moment, we'll carry out a decision that carries out all through eternity. What be your decision? What is your decision today? Father, help us. Thank you for listening to We Found Another Hour with your host, Dr. Steve Freeman a ministry and podcast of Grace Baptist Church of Springfield, Tennessee. If you'd like more information about becoming a follower of Christ, we'd love to have that conversation. Please contact us at 615-384-3393. For other questions or information regarding Grace Baptist Church or its affiliates, write to us via email, podcast at gbcspringfield.org. And as always, as we explore the Bible together, if you have a theological question that you'd like answered on our podcast, send the question to podcast at gbcspringfield.org. Thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless you.